0: Welcome to the first edition of Humane, the social entrepreneurs podcast series by SCCC, the social entrepreneurship and consulting cell of SIPM Pune. By Humane, we aim to talk to social entrepreneurs who are doing some commendable work in their respective fields, and we try to understand their story, vision, and the challenges which they might have faced along the way. We hope that it helps us to develop an understanding of the role of a social entrepreneur and their impactful contribution to the society. For today's podcast, we are very excited to have with us Ms. Trishti Kharbanda. Ms. Trishti hails from Chandigarh and is the founder and president of Sarvani Foundation. Sarvani is an all-girls organization which focuses on women empowerment and also serves as a platform where men and women can inspire each other with their unique yet similar stories and come together. Now, Sarvani's initiatives cover a plethora of issues. It is currently doing a lot of great work in multiple fields, such as women rights, LGBTQ community, children welfare, sexual abuse, or any pressing societal issue which needs attention. Welcome to the interview, Drishti. We are delighted to have you with us.
1: Thank you so much. Thank you for calling. Uh, it's a wonderful opportunity uh, for me to come here and share my experience. And thank you so much.
0: So to start off with, uh, would you like to give a brief introduction to our listeners about yourself and the work which you do, and how did you get into the sector of social entrepreneurship to begin with?
1: Hi, everyone. I am Drishti Kharbanda. I am founder of Sarvani organization and a social enterprise named Women Made Craft. Uh, So I think the first question is about um, how I got into social entrepreneurship. I'll say I think Sarvani happened to me was more more like an accident, you know, because I was 18 years old, I was young, and I didn't know what I was doing and what what actually NGO is about. I had no idea uh, what an NGO is supposed to do. Uh, But uh, social entrepreneurship is something which I've taken a... Very consciously. So, the decision of being a social entrepreneur came uh, was a conscious decision. Whereas for me, Servani happened very accidentally. Uh, I had the opportunity during uh, working for Servani for uh, a couple of years, I got the opportunity to work with uh, several women, you know, and I came across uh, women from all these sectors. One thing I understood that you know we talk about empowerment, and no matter who you want to empower, there's no true empowerment without economical empowerment. If you're not economically free, and if you can't pay for your you know own meal, then there's no empowerment. You 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 chant any slogans, but uh, the real empowerment is when you are economically well, because not only it empowers a person, uh, and gives an opens opportunities doors of opportunities for them, but it also opens up, uh, you know, a lot of opportunities for society to deliver as best. So for me, I think this is the reason I uh, came across social entrepreneurship. I uh, met women, especially women, artisans uh, and handicraft workers who were really willing to do something in life, but didn't have the opportunity or the means to. So they didn't have roadmap. They wanted to on, but, they, uh, you know, they were not able to go out of the house. So There were restrictions. So for me, as sitting there and talking about women empowerment and running this women organization, what I thought, what I am truly doing, there's uh, nothing much I'm doing. The the true sense of empowerment only come when you give opportunities to these women. So uh, women made craft happen, and what we're doing is we're trying to provide employment to women, especially uh, our focus uh, uh, is to give employment to women who can, who wants to work from home. You know these artisans and handicraft worker who can take their time and actually work from their home at their own leisure. Uh, so basically, uh, uh, this is a very conscious decision that uh, I have made as a career path. Uh, whereas for me, Sarvani was just an accident. Uh, it was a wonderful accident. I think it was a blessing that happened.
0: Yes. Great. Okay. And as you mentioned that you started Savani at a very young age, around 18. A lot of people we come across want to contribute to the society, but they believe that they're too young to make a difference. For you at that age, how difficult was it to start an organization of your own and how did the people around you receive this decision of yours? You know, uh,
1: my idea is that uh, it's difficult. Uh, it's difficult because you're not taken seriously. Okay. Uh, as I also mentioned you in a previous conversation that people believe that you know you're too young so they uh, so they can actually manipulate you to do certain things so there were many people who came to me and give me ideas because they had some invested in trust but what I think is wonderful uh, is that I had met more people who were supportive and welcoming you know I, I think it's the energy that you attract so I always believe the Sarwani was very fortunate as an organization and it came across people who were were good people actually you know there were people here and there who you know try to take uh, advantage of you think that you are not experienced enough so you know they can uh, tell you certain things and make you do certain things for them you know why don't you help us with this you know this is a great cause and then you don't know what's the uh, bigger picture you know, maybe they, are, they have different ideas about what they want to do, but uh, you, you do it out of goodwill and then you realize, okay, you know, I, I think this was something I was taken advantage of. Uh, but for me, that was a difficult part because I was not taken seriously at first. I think one thing uh, majorly that personally happened to me, apart from that, is uh, my family. Uh, my family right now it's my biggest uh, supporter but when i started they believed that i'm wasting my time uh, it's important that i invest my time in something which is you know going to give me back you know why don't i invest in my career because i want to t- end up taking career by uh, running a ngo is not a career choice it's not a very traditional career choice so people and especially parents don't understand the idea of you running an organization and Honestly, I also didn't have any idea. I was just doing it for as a passion project. You know, I was doing it because I was passionate about it. I love doing it. And I thought I'm going to create a career and then I'll make money out of that. Then I'll also support Sarwan. That was my idea. But my father believed that, you know, become IAS officer if you want to serve the country. What the hell are you doing? And uh, I don't come from a background which is very, you know... Uh, either politically or socially involved in any way. And not even the extended family. So nobody had the idea of what the organ- NGO is all about. So all they knew about like dharna is like, and my family was very much against it. I remember my And especially I couldn't take money from home. So I had no money when I started Sarwani. I had nothing, no excess. And I remember my mother, this is the uh, place I'm right now sitting. I remember my mother coming in and telling me that, "Bacha, it's very good that what you want to do. It's wonderful. But why don't you do it after 10 years or after seven years when you have your own money and you can actually spend it and do what you want to do. First become financially independent and then you can do all these things. These are the things you do, when, especially uh, about social welfare, when you are yourself established and you are in a position where you can give back to the society, right? No, it's not the time. Because it was actually creating a lot of trouble in my family and, you know, my father was not happy about it. Even my sister used to come and tell me. It took my father, uh, you know, I think a whole year to get to the idea. Uh, and I remember him coming. I uh, We did an a event, Sarwani Hola where we brought in more than 300 artists, you know, painters, and we celebrated women's day as Sarvani's birthday, first birthday. And we had all these like huge uh, ground that we had and all, everybody was painting out women empowerment, slogan writing. And it was beautiful. Even. And uh, and i remember my father coming and i think from that day my father saw me differently somehow and he started taking uh, it very seriously and now from the place where he was like what the hell are you doing become an is what are you wasting your life what the hell are you doing now he's somebody who's to who ask me you know what do you want to do you know why do- He gives me ideas, you know, uh, Drishti, why don't you do this? And whenever he sees a video on YouTube or get a WhatsApp video, like most uh, of our parents do, he always send me, oh, look, this is wonderful. Can you do it in your organization? So now he is somebody who's giving me ideas and, you know, actually encouraging me. Uh, But it was not like that in the beginning. So I think that's the challenge you face when you are in a place which is not... um, uh, you're not experienced about and you're not told what is the environment will be. But I think it's uh, in the end, I just see, I think you know, remember all the good parts, you know, that there are, if you ask me this question, there are definitely some, uh, Uh, periods which I remember very vividly uh, where I felt uh, very low and I felt you know what the hell I'm doing and why the hell I'm doing what is the requirement of me everybody is going for a party my sister is enjoying her life Uh, my brother is enjoying his life what the hell I am doing sitting and crying about because this is not getting done I am thinking about finances I'm thinking about calling people I'm thinking about so much why the hell I'm doing that but uh, but it's the journey; it's beautiful, and I think you, in the end, it makes sense. Right now, it makes sense, and I enjoy it so much that it's worth every tear I have shed or everything that I have faced. Um, it's worth it. That's it.
0: If you rightly touched upon a lot of points or apprehensions which a family, especially an Indian family, has. Uh, whenever they are faced with a non-traditional career choice, which a lot of our listeners would also relate to, and now that your organization Sarvani, is well-established and is functioning, what do the day-to-day operations look like? Like when you have an idea, how does it look like from its uh, uh, generation to the execution?
1: So the process happens, like especially in Sarvani, if you are planning a social welfare activity, most of the time it goes on in planning, you know, because whenever you're running an organization, it's not successful, the community is not involved. And if you want to engage the community, you have to create buzz about it. You have to make sure that it's structured. Anything, anything that you want to do, you have to create a structure for it. Then planning is involved, and then the execution part. Day-to-day activities, I'll say. For for example, if women made craft right now. We're in a process of you know product development. So we have these artisans, uh, especially the Madhubani artisans that we're working with. Um, so we have a bunch of ladies who are uh, you know very skilled in the ancient of art of Madhubani, which is from uh, Madhubani in Bihar. Uh, So we are developing products. So right now, uh, day-to-activity will be like looking at products that we can create for them, you know, going and looking at samples, uh, picking designs for them. Uh, So it's, uh, for women-made craft, it's more like that kind of work. Uh, With Sarwani, it's uh, every day is talking to, having a, Watch over, um, you know, the volunteers. Uh, looking at the activities that we can do and the impact we can make, or the dialogue we can create. Uh, we also, uh, right now, I think we had uh, some interns over. the we were talking about social media, how to engage people on social media, creating these awareness videos about mental health and so much more. And we're in talks with, uh, you know, the government departments to create these awareness program across the tri city. So it's it's a mixture of everything. It's planning, it's communications. And then the execution. So it's every everyday you learn and you meet new people and that's it.
0: Great. And it was also fascinating for us to see that your work has also been covered by big media outlets like the Republic TV and Z Network. How important do you think is for the mainstream media to finally give some due credit to some great work which social entrepreneurs are doing? Because often we see the work goes unnoticed. How important do you think is this exposure for the NGOs and social organizations of India?
1: Uh, I'll say something very um, honestly. uh, You know, last one year I think would be uh, where I was, uh, you know, I'm asked for interviews like you have called and I think I've given so many interviews. I don't even know how many. But when I started, nothing was like that. You know, uh, there were no interviews. There were no people calling me. No mails, no requests or no posters made or no television interviews you know nothing or nothing like that do I believe that you know it does encourage you but I don't think so it should drive your passion Uh, many people you know this do something because they're seeking attention and personally that's my personal opinion I for an organization it's very important to have that kind of coverage so that you know if you're want to reach out to the community, you need an audience. It's, it's very important. But I think what's more important is that, you know, you also protect the soul of the organization. For me, because I was exposed to it at a very young age. So one thing that I always remember is not to let it to get to my head because you know personally it gets to you but it should not because it will uh, be the loss of the organization so when as an individual because this is an interview you have called me to ask me about my personal experience you know what my experience would be I think it's it's like a it's just when it starts it starts from everywhere when you know people are want to talk to you and wants to ask your journey but I think we are in the journey right now nothing I think we we have not achieved as much as we want to. So when people asked, oh, you have done so much, so much, no. You know we are we are going to do so much. So I take it as an encouragement. I don't take it as an achievement. Uh, for personally, I think it's an encouragement that you're calling in, so that you know every day I uh, when I wake up and I look at uh, Sarvani, I say, okay, you know I, this is an organization I need to work for and make it better because so many people are rooting for it now. So it's an encouraging process. Whereas I believe for the media outlet that you asked, it's very important that we do that, and I am really really happy for the organization who are coming up and covering these issues because there are so many people, so many organizations who are working for decades. You know, we are a young organization, but for working for decades, to actually create an impact and they deserve that coverage. They deserve it more than I think anybody else uh, uh, in our room in the this conversation do. And uh, I think uh, it's very important because it gives... Actually, the media is such a strong medium that it can create so much influence. I think even if you watch an advertisement, a advertisement can, you know, leave an impact for a decade. A movie can do so much more. So it's very important. Uh, even if the small coverage or the uh, one ad film where they are covering a social entrepreneur or somebody a social NGO or just a media uh, news or news uh, package. On that I think it it's not only encouraging it's also benefiting for the organization that's do two parts of it as an organization is wonderful as personally I think I look at it very differently
0: yeah absolutely uh and especially the point which you mentioned about having the attitude of being grateful but also not being content with whatever you've achieved since you've got a long way to go I think that would resonate with our listeners uh we at our council, SCCC, also conduct certain awareness programs. And one of the topics which we've previously covered is of good touch, back touch. And on research, we found that your organization also has conducted such initiatives in the past. Uh, how important do you think is it to uh, normalize topics like these, especially gender-related topics? And how can we as a society get more uh, sensitive towards these issues? I think when we especially thankful, uh,
1: I'm really thankful for you, uh to mention that actually that's it's very important that we talk about good touch bad touch workshop i remember when we first uh uh, did that workshop it was an eye opening the workshop for me because i got to know that you know there's so much that our children are not aware of and you know things happen to them but they're confused they they are just confused you know okay you know this a man or this woman has touched me in a certain way they're not aware of uh, it and i think Especially, I think with that uh, good touch but uh, bad touch workshop, I think it was one workshop in Sarwani where I just I think it left a very, uh, very uh, I think it was very long lasting impact. I just right now I just can't speak because I just remember this one guy who stood up after the workshop, you know, and he said, you know, uh, this has happened to me, and I saw the confusion and the a mixture of anger on his face and I've and I really I, at that time uh, I felt helpless because I had no idea how to help this child because he's seeing that you know this has happened to him and he's angry about it and this confusion because he is a mixture of emotion and so much emotion on his face that I remember and this is a very really small boy talking about it and I so much that needs to be done you know, gender issues that, as you mentioned in your question, uh, I really like to mention on that part is, it's very important that, you know, we start uh, pointing out that the gender stereotypes we have in our society. It's very important. I think the first thing that we need to do, it's, it's a long way, uh, you know, till we say, ki, okay, the the road, uh, uh, you know, the that the uh, playing field is even for both the genders or even the third gender. Uh, But before I think what we can say is create a dialogue. Every time you watch a movie or a drama or a song where you think is a gender stereotype has played a role, call it out, you know, create a dialogue. I believe that creating a dialogue is the first, you know, the first step to change no change has ever come before you know okay no revolution in the world if you look at the history of the world has come without people talking about it so every time you see the history has gone in a way where you start talking about it you talk okay this is not good you know this is something that needs to be changed and then people come together and bring that change so if you want to talk about gender issues then you have to start talking about it more and calling it out if you're aware of it why don't you call it if you want to have to call it thousand times call it out even if you know uh, not only but for women also for men there are so many stereotypes you know there's so much pressure to tell them that you have to take care of the whole family there's so much so much for the men also and also for the third gender also we have to call it each and every time we have to make sure that we talk gender neutral you know words are make conscious sentences you know whenever we are picking words it's very important that we do that so it's it's a long way. Uh, it's a long road ahead of us. I think it's a, uh, it'll take us a long time. But I think first thing and one thing, call it out. I think that's one thing as a society, as an individual, we can do. You know, and a collective effort. I think this is something we need to do right now. If we're not doing it enough, I think we can do it a lot more.
0: A very valid point mentioned by you regarding generating a dialogue first, because we often talk about how India is progressing, but it won't actually if we get mixed up in our inhibitions and suppress our voices when we should. Uh, Now, we are in the midst of a pandemic, and it has been tough for a lot of organizations, especially NGOs, to maintain the continuity of operations. And in the middle of it, you also successfully conducted a Trees for Tomorrow campaign campaign. So we would love to know more about it and how has Sarvani able to uh, manage its operations in these times?
1: Pandemic has been difficult for all of us. I think it's not just for the NGOs or the, I think it's which was difficult for everybody. I think for the students, for the teachers, for everybody around, it was a very difficult time for me. Uh, uh, Trees for Tomorrow is a campaign that we started, you know, we know the world is uh, not in a good place right now and uh, We thought that why don't we uh, take a project that we can actually do and which can actually uh, make some difference in the longer run. So uh, planting trees was one initiative we thought, you know, let's do that. So what we did was we created a a project called Trees for Tomorrow and we asked people to pledge everyone should pledge to at least plant one tree. No matter where you are, look at what's the seasonal tree, look at what kind of trees can be planted in your area. And we don't want uh, much from you, just plant one tree. Uh, So that happened uh, in the lockdown. I think we were able to conduct uh, uh, drives for and plantation drives. uh, It was wonderful. The challenge was in the first month, I think was the worst because people were very scared. So anything you want to do for the community, you need people to come together. You know, and what that was not possible. It's not about the people. I think with the volunteers, for me, even uh, because of the girls and they were so scared, nobody was ready to come out of the house. Nobody. So we all also ran a program um, in the, I think, uh, 45 days. So the first 45 days It's the 100 smiles a day. So uh, we provided 100 uh, meals to children of domestic health. Uh, so there was nobody who was ready to come out to even you know give that meal uh to children because you need help for that so that was i think was the biggest challenge bring people together because the this- Because of course it's COVID. You cannot ask people to come and you know gather. uh, But for but you require people. You nothing can be done if you don't have people to help. You know even uh, from something as so that's the reason we thought about everybody planted their tree in their individual places. So all the volunteers, you know, virtually everybody planted a tree. So we uh, trees for tomorrow happened like that. And then after the restrictions got over, we also did a collective plantation. but the challenge is there. Challenge, uh, But I think it was also, I like to mention, I'm talking about challenges. I think it was also was very a uh, blessing in disguise for us, you know, uh, the pandemic. One thing because I realized is uh, the Madhubani artists. So we, uh, I, as I mentioned earlier, also, we're working with Madhubani artists and they were unemployed. So there was no money coming in. So their husbands were also unemployed. So I remember I was in a call with our very uh, senior artist and she, uh, we were saying, you know, there's no money in the house. And just, just with the idea of putting the Madhubani art on a mask literally changed everything for us. I remember we just created, we calculated some pictures and she was like, okay, let's, you know, uh, there's one girl who stitched a cotton mask and she gave the mask to her and she painted. And we posted that uh, photo, I think in the first week itself. And we just waited so somebody said, oh, it's too expensive. You know, we can't uh, spare 100 rupees for a mask. Or somebody was like, okay, the will the color will go away. So much happened. But then it exploded and, you know, people started buying it. It was encouraging. Just somebody, because, you know, I'm responsible. There's so many artisans who are really invested in this, who are rooting for, uh, you know, women made craft to do something. So they're rooting for to get orders. So they call me, order Aya you know Kuchara hair. so because right now we are not fully, you there's know, they're not uh, they're not employed uh, they do work partially so they are not full time employers so they don't work full time so uh, they get order and then they work for them getting orders especially in the lockdown you know because we were able to create these mask was wonderful we also created i uh, we have a uh, Luxar uh, in the organization she uh, she created India's first turmeric dive mask so not only we created, you know, women uh, made craft, which is Madhubani hand-painted mask, we also were able to create these uh, turmeric dyed masks, which was, I think, was a very innovative idea to dye it out of turmeric. And it was had so many benefits. So we actually branded it and, you know, started selling it. And we uh, gave uh, turmeric mask and then Madhubani mask. So it was a blessing in disguise because we're able to, you know innovate so innovation was able to i i discovered that uh process uh in the lockdown so i think it was very wonderful it was a blessing in disguise.
0: it's great to see that even in such an adverse situation you were able to sort of see the opportunity in that and i believe that uh, women made craft also has its products via digital media uh, Yes, yes
1: it has its own website So, you can uh, buy uh, on the website. You can go and look at the products that you wish. Right now, we are trying to, uh, we are not uh, posting much content on the website because right now we are working on developing the uh, products. So, we are we just wait and watch. We are bringing some really innovative and exciting products so that, you know, you'll love to have that. And you're like, oh, I want this. This is the kind of feeling that we are looking for. Fingers crossed. I don't know what is going to happen, but um, I'm pretty sure somebody will be working and We're putting our hearts in. I think it's going to be a great journey ahead and a challenging one, definitely.
0: Absolutely. And... According to our knowledge, we believe that Sarvani generally generates its funds on its own for its activities, which is not an easy task at all. Uh, can you walk us through how you managed to do it and some tips for other social entrepreneurs who are uh, willing to do so?
1: Yeah. Because so it's not easy at all. Yeah. I'll tell you something which was very clear to me. Um, I was young. Okay. And everybody asked me like uh, for donation, you know, you say, why don't you donation, this take donation and do something. Right now, I have changed my perspective to a certain extent where I know that you know how to handle money and generate money. But when you're that young, I didn't know how to do that. I had no idea how to, you know, can we make products we can sell and then we can make money? That was not the idea. But I wanted sustainable because I wanted Sarwani is the meaning is complete, you know, it's, uh, it's itself. The Sarvani is one of the 100 names of goddess Durga. Uh, so I wanted it to run its own. if it's depended on something, which is so uncertain because, uh, I remember I was, I was some very, somebody who's very observant. So I looked at the organization and all they talked about that they do have no money, you know, and I thought, okay, I don't have money either. So, okay, I have no money to, I don't have no even pocket money. I didn't got any pocket money. I remember if you want to take buy something, you'll have to ask mama, 500, 200, you know. And so when you don't have money, so I just, I, I thought of something where like, let's, why don't first we do something which doesn't require money. So if we want to do an, uh, you know, like a sambat, let's, if we are, uh, first initial was to create a dialogue, why don't we do it in a public garden? And why don't we people, everybody's going to come. Everybody has to volunteer. And okay, if we want something, we really want to create, a, a, like do a toy drive. So what we did, we want to give children toys. Because everybody's giving them so much. But I think toys is something which is very underrated. So we wanted, we did India's first toy drive. So we are, for the last four years, we're doing India's first toy drive. So what we did was create chambers, you know, where every home became a spot where you can drop your toys. So if you have soft toys or everything, that doesn't require money. You know, people are coming and giving. We are just going in, you know, as it's a volunteers that came together. You know, you don't need money to for that. We need toys so what we, th- we decided how we can get toys so we asked people you know there's so many stuffed toys so many games are just lying in your house and nobody's touching them it's too old and then what you have to do is clean that toy teddy bear anything that you have give that old bad to me make sure it's in a good condition and we will give it to a child so we created ideas which require minimal funds you know and if we okay so we did uh, uh our own version of uh uh Sarwani talks as ordinary people with extraordinary stories. So what we decided, okay, so this is, we want to do this. So what will it require is we need um, auditorium. We need speakers and we need this kind of arrangement. What, what you're going to spend. And we used to create a budget. So the idea was creating a budget. We would need at least eight, 9,000 for that. Why don't we ticket everything? So we started ticketing. So there's, we had no sponsor. Just imagine we having a whole uh, event you know, where speakers are coming in and you have 100 people. We're not even a single sponsor. Nobody's paying you even a penny. So we just have to ticket, ticket, ticket. So we used to, or ticket used to be 50 to 100 rupees. We have never ticketed any talks. I think last was 50. We did it. I think the first was 100 and next 50. So 100 to 50 rupees, I think. So that is affordable and people can join. So ideas used to come. If you want to do something, anybody who's listening, you who want to do, you're really passionate about it, you will figure out a way. So for me, it had no money. I thought, okay, I want to do something. I want to do something about it. I can't give these children, you know, clothes. I can't give them new shoes. I can't give them stationery. What I can I can give them a good touch, bad workshop. I can give them uh, a workshop about, you know, sanitization. In the, I can do that. Let's do what I can do at that moment. So that was the, always the uh, thought process through the entire journey.
0: Exactly. I believe that a lot of anecdotes which you shared would uh, certainly motivate our students to focus more on the execution. Now, we at SIBM Pune also have a program which is MBN Innovation and Entrepreneurship, wherein the so, so. primary objective is to help budding entrepreneurs uh, see their ideas into successful uh, startups. So if there's a message which you would like to give, especially to the women entrepreneurs who are a part of that program, that uh, there are certainly a lot of more pressure and obstacles in their way, how should they go about it?
1: One thing I really want to tell you is that um, there's no perfect plan. You know, there's no perfect business plan. There's no perfect idea or a rope, rope, uh, roadmap for you to do uh, anything. So what actually, you know, so many women entrepreneurs that I see, they're looking for a perfect plan. They're looking for this idea to up emerge in this perfect idea so that they can just do it and it will be success. So they're seeking a plan. But uh, I believe one thing that I'll suggest, you don't seek a plan. Seek an idea which excites you. You know, all plans are flawed. No plan is perfect. No model, no business model is perfect. So, if looking for okay, one day I'll sit around and I, you know, find uh this perfect plan and then I'll do that and go into market. I'll have investors suddenly coming in. No, it won't happen. Even if you have found, if you find this perfect plan that you have in your mind, which doesn't exist by the way, it will not work until or unless you have the passion to drive it. So. An idea which drives a passion, seek that idea, not your perfect plan. I think that would be my biggest and the most friendly advice I can give to you. Uh, If you're listening to this podcast, I think just look at what excites you. Look what you want to do, because, you know, there will be days where you will feel hopeless and you want to give up. But you know, that idea, that passion that you have for the idea will not let you give up. And you will be like, Okay, no matter how much I cry, I will next day I'll go and, you know, do that again. You'll have you'll people will say, No, this will not work. Then you will make sure that because you will be so passionate about it, it will drive you that you'll say, No, I know it won't I will not take your no, I will do it. I will do it and we shall do it because that's the passion that's, you know, that should drive you find that passion, find that idea that excites you. And I definitely, there must be something that excites you. That's my uh, honest advice for you.
0: Well, that's some great advice, Trishni. And I certainly hope that it resonates with a lot of our students. And lastly, uh, how can some of our listeners who are interested in volunteering or helping in activities of servanio women made craft, get in touch with the organization or contribute in some capacity?
1: uh thank you for uh, asking this question anybody wants to volunteer i will suggest you why don't you go to sarwani social media handles you can go to the instagram handle and you can uh you know just we have a link uh, for a form that you can join as a and be part of and you can also intern at Sarwani if you are, you're working from home or you're just not in the tri-city so that you can uh, volunteer physically what you can do is you can intern so we have a lot of opportunities where you can actually join in the process and know how the organization works and you can help out in so much uh you know in the or planning in the uh, ex- uh, not the uh, execution i think planning of uh so much that we do so you can definitely drop us a mail you can drop us a mail at contact at the rates sarvani.org so that would be wonderful and we can work together yes
0: great well that brings us to the end of this lovely podcast with you rishti thank you for taking the time to do this and taking us through your journey and your work I personally am pretty inspired by a, by a lot of aspects of your organization, especially the go-getter attitude. And I'm sure that our students would also feel the same after hearing this. And they would be driven to not be bogged down by the obstacles, but be more actively involved in going after their dreams. Thank you once again for joining us.
1: Thank you uh, for calling me. I'm really thankful to the whole council. Thank you, Adhiyan, for having me over. It's always wonderful to, you know, talk and chat and just remember and actually reinstate what you are here for and it's such a good reminder for me you know and it just uh it reinstills me that you know what I'm doing and where I'm going and why I'm going more specifically uh so thank you so much it was wonderful